today to get your eyes checked. Visit brightfocus.org to learn more. The opinions voiced on this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. Securities and Investment Advisory Services offered through HBEC Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC, HBEC Incorporated, Kelsey Associates are unaffiliated companies, and this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only. And we are here in the studio. It's Saturday. I'm Tom King, Merle Kelch, Kelch & Associates, joining us here this morning to take your financial questions, your investment questions, 715-845-2155. Good morning, sir. You know, Tom, you're going to have to watch out today, buddy. Yeah? I had sleep. <laughs> oh, so you'll be I am sharper than usual? I tailed <laughs> ready to go. This place is going to be on fire. Wait a minute. You walked off the elevator like you were uh, ready for a I didn't a say I could walk. I just said I got sleep. Okay. All right. <laughs> 715-845-2155 is the number to call here if you have a question from Earl regarding your portfolio or anything else that's on your mind regarding uh, the investment world. You know, we had the big story the last week about the uh, cyber attack on the Colonial Pipeline, and now there's another story out there. One of the Japanese car companies... Um, might be Mitsubishi, I can't remember, uh, is being attacked as well, cyber attacked by this same group, Darkside. Um, if you hold a significant position in a particular company and they become the victim of a cyber attack, do you dump that immediately and then come back in later? Or what, what should be your plan of attack if companies that you're invested in are all of a sudden being cyber attacked? Well, I don't know that I necessarily uh, um, get rid of it. You know, somebody said to me, uh, they said, well, this, um, colonial pipeline. They paid a ransom. I said, yeah, and that ransom was probably less than what it was costing them on a daily basis to be shut down. Um, I don't like that, but if I were the company, I would uh, sure as hell be finding out who is in charge of my, <clears throat> pardon me, my uh, uh, cyber warfare or intel and, and uh, say, we got to get this stuff fixed. Now, the, well, the old line is you don't negotiate with terrorists because they'll just keep coming back for more and doing it more often. Uh, What's this? Uh, it's already happening. Not disagreeing with it yeah. by any stretch of the imagination, yeah. but there's a certain cost that comes to that, too. Uh, the unfortunate part, corporations aren't like America. Americans say we don't negotiate with terrorists and they have unlimited resources. Um, companies and corporations, they shut down the whole eastern seaboard from uh, uh, fuel. And, you know, who knows, maybe it's electricity at some point in time in the future. You, you can't do that. You have to be up and running again. But We've I had these stories in the past where corporation executives had been kidnapped in particular wild places well, in the world. Well, let them go. I mean, that's uh, no, And they pay, uh, they pay <laughs> ransoms. They pay, uh, they pay ransoms yeah. in those situations in but, many cases. Yeah, I, I have a funny story about this. Somebody asked me one time, and, and folks, uh, if, if you know me, I, I uh, enjoy hunting and fishing. And, and one of my favorite places to go visit some friends of mine that, you know, nicely and happily uh, live in Africa. So it's kind of fun. So they go there. I said, aren't you worried about them taking you for ransom? I said, look at me. They're going to look at this guy and say, hold it. We'd have to feed him. Let's, we're we're going to skip this. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to let him go. Yeah, you know, yeah. If he falls over, we got to pick him up. We're not doing that. Did they really ask you that when you came there? Did I have had that question, yeah. yeah. Interesting that any American that comes there, the people that live there think that they might be the uh, the victim of a kidnapping? I, I, don't, I think it was just uh, people asking the question because they heard about, heard about it. I've never heard of anybody taken for ransom in, in South Africa. I've never heard of that. Mm-hmm. Is it possible? I mean, everything's possible, but... I've, I've never heard of that and have no fear of that many stretch. Um, but, uh, you know, so we're going to go back again. We'll try our luck one more time and see how that goes. You're going to get back on an airplane. So, obviously, 
we've been hearing more and more about uh, the airline industry, the travel industry, the resort industry. Disneyland uh, and the Disney Company were in the news this week because of what reopening the parks. And some people think Disney can bounce back from this. Others maybe are more pessimistic. What's your thought about a company like Disney uh, and the big hit they took? And will people come back to the parks? And will will the, they come back to the cruise line yeah. and all of that? I just read an article yesterday, and it wasn't a part of preparation for the show. It's just an article that popped up in my normal daily reading. Um, where some people were talking about Disney and, and what they thought about the stock. And so, folks, when I'm saying this, I'm not telling you my opinion, just opinion that somebody else came, but I might share in that. But um, So, again, I'm not recommending you go out and buy the stock, but they were just really in favor with, for, with Disney. You know, first of all, they said, well, Disney Plus, the numbers aren't as, you know, as good as they would be, but they're going up, and, you know, and, and so their revenues tends to be flattening was part of the article. And somebody said, oh, hold it. You know, Disney through this whole pandemic has essentially had their theme parks shut off, which have been their big driving force of their income for the longest time, and new movies, and that also was shut off. So with Disney Plus was the revenue generator that kept the company going, and now the parks are opening up as well. You'd be foolish not to own this stock. Um, and, and I really liked that article. was well laid out, and it was pretty good. So search for that article if you can find it. But think about that, folks. You know, Disney's made it through this without the parks being open and without having the big blockbusters in the, in the box office because they weren't out there. And they still continue to make it through and make profit. And so now the parks are going to open up. I just think uh, if you're not looking at Disney for a consideration, you're making a mistake. And then we had, of course, the argument last week about, you know, the shortage of workers out there and are they not working because of unemployment that they're getting or are they not working because of the low wages that many companies are paying? Now we get news that Amazon – and McDonald's want to hire more workers. And in order to do that, what are they doing? Shocking. They're raising the amount of money they will pay. And in fact, they're paying bonuses for people to come and work for them. In McDonald's case, they're looking to hire thousands of new workers and they're offering between 13 and $17 an hour. And, you know, then the argument is, well, the price of a Big Mac is going to go way up. Well, that's not been the case in other countries where McDonald's pays, you know, a, a higher wage than they do here. And the price of the food is basically the same. But Amazon is another place that's hiring thousands and thousands of people and offering sign-on bonuses if you're vaccinated and uh, also uh, mm-hmm. paying a lot more than they used to. So at least they figured it out that if they're going to get people to fill these spots, they're going to have to pay what people will work for at this point in time, right? There's, you know, there's there's this interesting thing that uh, having a conversation with some colleagues this past week, um, um, and, and, and so much of this hits upon economics. You know, are we paying enough? I'm working, and we're seeing all this happen real time, folks, and I think it's really, really cool. Um, um, I even thought about popping open the old journal and starting to write this stuff down because it's so interesting it's happening to me, and so... I apologize if I start getting a little bit long-winded, but for me, this is really cool being one of these uh, students of economics and all this weird stuff that goes on in the economy. I like it when you're long-winded. That fills up the show, and then I don't have to talk as much. <laughs> I got your back, brother. Okay, I got you. your back. Thank you. you know, so so in here, um, what's happening is in a normal economy, and right now we're not in a normal economy because we were shut off or we're re- we are restarting. And I don't know that's ever happened like this ever in, in our uh, modern times that we've done this. Where we've shut the economy off and turned it back on again. And so with it happening, there's a couple of things that have occurred that are spawning um, problems and uh, exaggerating, I shouldn't say exaggerating, accelerating would be the better term, other things that have occurred. So first of all, um, with all the stimulus that's went out there, we've got a mountain of cash. We have a record amount of cash that we've ever had inside of savings inside of America right now, largely because we got all the stimulus money as an economy. And I'm not saying certainly of everyone, but at large, and we got all this money from stimulus. 
we weren't working and out spending it because we had to be home and we saved that we put all this cash out there. So now what's happening is retail sales have jumped and now retail sales want to go out and buy stuff and there's not enough stuff to buy or being built and it's forcing up an inflationary pressure. I don't care where you look or who you are, but there's inflationary pressure right now. The real question becomes, is it long-term or not? Chairman Powell says we don't see it as being uh, long-term. We see it as being an incident that's happening right now, but it should get itself back down as we get back to work. So in a normalized economy, what tends to happen is that you reach what's called uh, theoretical full employment. We were certainly there before the pandemic. And during the um, uh, theoretical full employment where you can't um, get anybody to work because everybody's working, you have to look around for people. And what happens, Tom, is if I need an employee and you've got a great employee at your company, I offer them more money to come work for my company. And that in itself starts to inflate the pressures of wages. And so then what happens is as the uh, pressure of wages and so forth goes up, you tend to have start inflationary pressures because you start having wages going up because of competition that whole bit. It creates inflationary pressures. Well, we're getting that now before the wages come. So it's kind of interesting how that's happening. I'm not saying it's good or bad at this particular point in time, but we're seeing it happen as we speak. So what's happening is companies are starting to offer people a little bit more than they would earn on the unemployment plus the unemployment bonus. And we're seeing that what's starting to happen. We're seeing that happen with Amazon, as you said, with McDonald's. Um, I know businesses here in town that are doing the same thing. Um, And so it'll be interesting to see what happens when that unemployment number, uh, the unemployment bonus falls off and see if the numbers come back or if the wages continue. I don't know the answer for that, but it's interesting to see what's happening. Well, I, I never see a problem with a, a company paying more money to attract and retain and keep good employees. In my opinion, what I've seen in my business, in my career, is that it works well every time if you do that. Otherwise, all you're doing as business owners, and a great friend of mine, he and I had this conversation. He didn't. He would recruit employees. He said, I like the employees. He said, I get them good. He said, they uh, get working for me, and then they leave, and they go to my competitor. He said, well, how much are you paying them? And he's paying them $5 an hour than his competitor. I said, well, that's awful nice of you to train their employees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said, why don't you pay them $2 more and take theirs? He did that. All of a sudden, he solidified that position. Now he doesn't have that problem in the training and the turnover and that whole bit, and it worked out well. You know, I've, in every business I've been part of or I've owned, I've, I've done that same thing. It just makes more sense to do that. I'd rather be the employer that they want to come to. It's a whole heck of a lot easier than having to keep training people at a lesser wage. And maybe we see that happen at this point. I don't, I don't know. So that well, leads me actually into an article. Yeah, go ahead. And that is that there's, um, I think the number was 18 um, states that are cutting off the unemployment because they said we just don't need it anymore. And so between June 19th to uh, June 12th, uh, some of them July 3rd, uh, but that mid part of June, there's some 18 states that are cutting off the uh, unemployment and the bonus. I think what's funny is that the uh, the bottom of the work the bottom of the workforce, and I use that term, the bottom of the wage workforce. Um, and I hate the word woke, especially the way it's used by one side of the political spectrum. But I think this workforce has become woke to the fact that their wages have been stagnant for so long and you need two or three jobs in order to rent an apartment and put food on the table and buy medicine and do all the things you need to do to raise a family. And now they're, they're, they're sensing a moment where they can say, look, this has to change. CEO pay has gone up a zillion times over the last 50 years. Our pay has stayed stagnant or risen very little. And now they can sort of drive the bus, if you will, and and are in the driver's seat when it comes to picking and choosing jobs that pay more and yeah. forcing companies to pay more if they want to hire them. 
There's two sides of that coin, and I don't necessarily disagree with you on that. Um, but the part that I see is that so many times you have people that are at the minimum wage because they're not willing to do the things that have a higher wage. They're not being willing to be more marketable um, uh, or more valuable to the marketplace that they'd earn the higher wage. And so now that they get the higher wage, isn't going to change your mentality. They're just going to have a higher wage and it's just going to keep moving the platform higher. The other part of that is, is do we then as uh, a society become woke in the sense that, okay, uh, if they're now going to get a higher wage and get some benefits, uh, they no longer get the public assistance. Do we cut that off now? Um, and so that becomes the other side of the coin. And so, well, we'll see what happens in that. But I, and I'm a firm believer, and this goes back to a, one of my favorite speakers uh, long since past, uh, Jim Rohn. He said, you know, the, it doesn't matter what you want to earn. It's already on the pay scale. You just have to be willing to invest in yourself and become valuable enough to the marketplace to earn the wage that you want. I've used that for a long time for friends, and it actually works out fairly well. And if you don't want to do that and you want to have the lifestyle that you want to have a minimal amount of work and do a minimal along the way, you're going to get minimal wages. Well, one of the other factors here is the um – fact that in the United States, most people's health care is tied to their jobs. So you've got many people staying in crappy jobs that don't pay well because they have at least some form of health insurance. And uh, that would certainly change if, in fact, the way we deliver health care in this country would change. And then you'd find more and more people that would maybe um, not be tied to crappy jobs that look elsewhere or move up the ladder. Yeah, probably be tied to crappy health insurance. <laughs> um, you know, we've, we've differed about that all along. I don't think universal health care is the way. Maybe there's an option for universal health care that we could buy into, but I don't think it is. I don't think it makes it gives us the, the best health care. Every friend that I have that's in a country with universal health care, when they need something done, they don't stay there. They come to America. Oh, that, come on now. No, that, oh, that's geez, not true. Every come on. Single one oh, of come them on. Uh, literally almost every single one. You know, for your normal stuff, and this is conversations from friends of mine just from uh, from England and Canada within the course of the past year in this whole pandemic, is if you need to have some basic stuff done, it's the best place to go. You walk in, you're finished up and done, but if it's something specialized, you can't get it done in time to have it be meaningful. We are the only civilized country in the world that doesn't have some form of universal health care. Maybe healthcare. we're just the over only and, civilized country. And, and, <laughs> and there isn't anybody who lives in any of those countries, Canada, England, Japan, I don't care which one, that is going to leave their country to come here because of the way we deliver health care as opposed to the way they deliver health care. For specialized medicine, regularly. All right. All right, we're going we're gonna to agree to disagree on that one. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, the stock market this past week. Uh, it took a bit of a hit on Wednesday, but I think it did it bounce back a little. I didn't see what happened it's yesterday. It bounced back. Still down a tad for the week, but it bounced back pretty good throughout the course of Thursday and Friday. And all of it because What was what driving we, the yo-yo this week? Yeah. Uh, all of it because what we talked about is this balance was happening with inflation, employment, uh, and, and the like. Um, you know, fuel probably had something to do with that because you saw fuel prices running up as a result of the colonial uh, pipeline shutdown. So that ran it up, and everybody started having inflationary fears. Things are going bad. We didn't have as many jobs. We only had 266,000. We were expecting a million. Where are the jobs? What's going on? Retail sales are down because we're not spending this stuff because we don't have the stuff. So all those things contributed to the marketplace saying, ah, we're going to take a pause and so a bunch of things sold off. Uh, sold off a second day, and all of a sudden, I said, well, we're probably not all that bad, and things started buying back up again. Um, so I think we're going to see this happen a number of times still until we tend to have a little bit more visibility on what's going to happen from an economic standpoint, employment, and as well as um, what's going to happen with the uh, inflationary numbers. Uh, what's interesting, I had a conversation with some colleagues uh, again this past week, 
And part of that conversation was, is, you know, the pipeline of getting materials here is so screwed up right now that it's going to probably take as much as a year to have it completely straightened up. Will it get better in three or four months? Yeah, probably. But again, along the way, we're going to have a bunch of ups and downs and in uh, employment, inflation, all that kind of stuff to get there. What would it, cause something like that to happen? I mean, obviously, when the uh, economy yeah. contracted and, and we weren't moving as much merchandise, you could just put the pipelines on hold. And, and why couldn't you just ramp them right back up again? Why, why would it take so long? Why would it take a year? Yeah, and, and interesting. I had the same conversation. And essentially, it is this. And this is from people who are in manufacturing. Um, we're about the first country to really come out of this so far. I mean, we're, we're ahead of the game around the world, pretty much across the board. And so we're ready to go to buy stuff, but they're not yet. They're not still not ready to build it, and they're not building as much as they need to. Um, uh, right now, the cost of a shipping container, I guess, is at a record low price. You just can't get the containers because they're not where you need them to be. They're still stuck someplace else yet or empty and haven't been shipped there, and the shipping lines aren't shipping containers back and forth the way they used to. So if they bring an empty container to um, making this one up, folks, if they bring the shipping container, empty shipping container to Taiwan, uh, dropped off the stuff they needed in Taiwan and waiting for it to fill back up to ship back to America, well, they're not manufacturing yet in Taiwan yet, so it's not being filled up. Containers are coming back, so we can't get our services wrong. And it's all screwed up at the moment. It'll straighten itself eventually, but it's going to be, I think, as more countries tend to come out of this pandemic shutdown. Um, uh, before we start having uh, more normalcy inside of the the, uh, the product chain. Now, with that being said, you know, if I'm a, a young guy, which, you know, Tom, you and I, we look at us, though we say we're 36, we're really not, we're only 42 <laughs> folks. Uh, so we are a little bit older than we say. Um, but, you know, if I'm a young guy in here and I'm, I'm smart, I'm going to start looking around and saying, what can I do to start building things that are technological, electronic and um, can I get involved in a company that's building chips or can I start designing chips or doing chips on my own? Um, I think we're going to see not only from a strategic standpoint, we're going to see it from a marketing standpoint in case something like this ever happens again. We're going to see that stuff coming back to America. Um, and I would start looking at some designs and doing some of those things because that's one of the biggest things that's holding up our economy all over the place. We can't get chips and chips are in everything right now. All right. We need to take a break for some news. We'll come back with more. If you have a question for Merle, give us a call. We'll be right back on WSAU. Debt. If you get in too deep, members of the NFCC, the National Foundation for Credit Counseling, can help you put debt in those who gave. For more information on how you can make a difference, go to vettix.org. The opinions voiced on this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. Securities and Investment Advisory Services offered through HBAC Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC, HBAC Incorporated, Kelch & Associates are unaffiliated companies, and this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only. And we're back here in the studio. I'm Tom King, Merle Kelch, Kelch & Associates in Wausau. You know, it wouldn't be the show if we didn't spend at least a few moments talking about cryptocurrency. <laughs> and it's back in the news again this week. I was with, just doing this for fun on the break, Tom. Thanks oh, for bringing it Oh, on. you didn't want to bring it? Well, <laughs> we should mention, you know, Elon Musk, uh, once again, um, the things he says and the things he tweets drives markets. I mean, he went on Saturday Night Live as the host and said something disparaging about Dogecoin, even though he owns a bunch of Dogecoin and the value of Dogecoin drops by a lot. And then later in the week, he says, you know, we're thinking about letting people with Dogecoin buy Teslas. And so the value of Dogecoin goes back up again. What's going on? 
I mean, um, how, can, how can one person be allowed to drive a market like that? Because he can. Um, <laughs> you know, th- there are rules that are out there. The Securities Exchange Commission and FINRA says that, you know, you can't drive individual stock price one way or another because you'll benefit from it. Um, but remember, uh, you know, uh, folks, Dogecoin and Bitcoin, it's not a company. It's, it's, a, it's a blockchain. It's a computer program. So can he do that? Probably. Um, is it right? I don't know. Um, but does he uh, affect his own fortune? Yeah, but he probably just doesn't care. You know, he's 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 pretty he's wealthy. He's so he's so rich it doesn't matter to him one way or the other. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, but but the whole the whole thing with him with Dogecoin and the other stuff is that, you know, he has uh, the the blockchain and he bought it through the company in preparation of being people being able to buy and sell his cars. So with it, he's looking at what's the most usable version of the the cryptocurrency that he can use. Um, for people if they want to buy one of the uh, the cars. And so along the way, he said he's going to suspend Bitcoin because of all the uh, um, uh, the mining that is I, being done. is using up so much power, and, and they do. I've, I found I've that, read about this stuff. I found that fascinating when I heard that, that people, uh, companies, and, and some of these guys, Bill Gates among them, are, are moving away from Bitcoin because of the uh, environmental impact oh, yeah. of the energy yeah. that's used. When they talk about mining, it's not actually you know digging it out of the ground, but it's actually computer energy that is used to find bitcoin online calculations and it's and it's it's like warehouses full of computer systems doing this fascinating um, to me that, um, that, that and, that's and, happening and the power that's going through and I've, I've i've read about this stuff i have a friend of mine that that does a power line transmission is that fatal to something like bitcoin is that going to be fatal or how do how do they get away f- from the people uh, affecting it that way i, I have no idea um, but the amount of power it costs to, or to uh, to do this is just huge um, a friend of mine who is in the power line transmission business um, uh, we were having conversations, and, and this is probably two or three years ago. Uh, they're talking about power transmission lines and substations uh, are having to put in because of these big warehouses that we put up. I said, what are they doing in the warehouse manufacturing? He goes, no, that's computer junk. You server said server farms, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're doing server farms, and it's essentially all for Bitcoin and other type of cryptocurrencies. And so the, the, the power that's used to do this sort of stuff is just absolutely enormous um, because it takes so much electricity to run the amount of uh, uh, computer data systems that they have. Now, if you have the ability to to do that and, and to mine it, you know, God bless you. But uh, boy, it's using a lot of stuff. And so, you know, so Bitcoin says, well, because the energy used, we don't think we want to use it. We need to use other things. But uh, they are, you know, having this currency, and the the companies are having to buy it so they can use it for changing that type of stuff. As we all know, well, maybe good today. You can't have a business without having the change. You have to have the change, and so you have to have a certain amount of currency. You have to do the same thing if you're going to use Bitcoin or Doji Coin. Oh, there's too many names. <laughs> uh, Ethereum, you have to have those coins if you're going to use it as a, uh, a payment. You have to be able to change or whatever the case may be. Um, and so, you know, uh, certainly. You had mentioned that there was a, 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 a tax ramification coming up for people who own this there stuff as is. well. There is. I just caught an article, again, because of what I do, folks. And uh, the IRS had a little bit of a warning that out, and it turned into an article probably Monday, Tuesday last week. Um, the IRS went to, boy, I want to say it was Coinbase or somebody went through and said, we want a list of all of the people that bought and sold Bitcoin throughout the course of these years. And I think it was something like 2016 to, through 2019 or 2020. And they're going through and auditing everybody's records because, Tom, if you bought Bitcoin, and I'm making up a dollar amount of $1,000, and it went up to $10,000, and you bought a milkshake for $3, and they allowed you to use your piece of Bitcoin to pay for it, guess what? That became a tax gain. You had to pay taxes on the three dollars you took out of that Bitcoin because it went from a thousand to ten thousand, making up a number when you sold it. 
And, and magically, with something uh, they've noticed is that a lot of people who had Bitcoin and a number of these different things, when they sold it, they didn't report their taxes as a capital gain. And they're going to be audited, and the uh, IRS is setting up a, a task force to go specifically at those people. It's fascinating, and we heard uh, yesterday about the IRS as well. Um, one of the ways that the administration is thinking about paying for the infrastructure program is to task the IRS with going after people who have not paid their taxes, that have basically evaded a trillion dollars in people who have not paid their taxes. So That includes fines, though, so we have to be— uh, okay. But so, you know, they always talk about cutting the IRS, cutting the IRS. And when they do that, then there are fewer audits. There are fewer people to go after the people who are paying their taxes. And for those of us who pay our taxes legally and, uh, you know, follow the law. Oh, legally. Now you're just showing off. Well, it's got to oh, it's got to be annoying to the to people who pay their taxes and follow the law to know that there are so many people out there that, that are not doing it. And it's worth a trillion, a trillion dollars. I yeah. mean, with um, a T. Yeah, I've said before that there's no way we're going to be able to get rid of the IRS. We can't. I mean, because there has to be audit. Somebody's got to be accountable. Yeah, you think people, people would pay their taxes on the honor system? I I, I find that highly no. uh, highly I've, tough. I've seen, it one, I've seen it happen one time in Vietnam, and people were really excited because they were excited that uh, the government was going to create some money they could do some good for. Uh, but this also at the time was a communist country, and they put boxes on the corner to put your taxes in. So if you made some money, you put 10%, you put it inside of that box, and everybody's happy. And How did that work it. out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it worked out great, but they had just started it like the week before. So, uh, you know, we're good. I doubt that it occurred in America. So we're never going to get rid of the IRS. I just think the tax has to be more fair and more easily uh, uh, collected. Um, Tom, I just don't think that it makes sense for you and I to pay taxes. I think it should be on the employer. I'm sorry, on, on the retailer or the people who are buying the goods and services to collect that tax. Um uh, I think we collect more you are, taxes. You are a believer in a consumption tax. To am, get, yeah. get rid of the other stuff and use a consumption tax. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Uh, the unfortunate part, we'd also have to probably get rid of real estate taxes. Uh, um, I'm sorry, the, the write-off for real estate at the same time, and that you know screw up a lot of votes for people. But uh, it makes sense. You know, I, I'm a firm believer of that, and here's my reasoning for it. You know, Tom, if I'm a millionaire and I choose not to buy anything, well, I can be a millionaire and still not pay taxes because I'm not consuming anything. I'm just doing my normal stuff. But if I want to be, uh, uh, you know, make twenty thousand dollars a year and I want to spend everything I have on everything that's out there, um, I'm going to pay taxes. So it can be fair either way. If I want to be a four-year-old and use a sidewalk and go down to the candy store and buy a piece of candy, I have to pay tax because sidewalks still cost money. Everybody pays tax. Isn't that great? Three-year-olds get a pass. Okay. Oh, gee, that, that that's nice. Yeah, and there there are certain ways to set it up so that it's equitable. But still, I mean, obviously, consumption tax. If you if if that the important question is if you get rid of all the other taxes, you get rid of property tax, you get rid of uh, income tax, you get rid of uh, you know whatever other taxes okay. there are out there, and use the the consumption tax as the way to fund government programs. Yeah. Uh, there's a way to do it, and I think the fair tax. Um, website still has all of the numbers laid sure. out on how this would work. So, so one really bad thing that happened, or good, is that one, we'd realize how much tax we actually pay. Um, and the government would actually have to come into line to uh, and the people, that amount that they collect. And the people that are avoiding paying their taxes or the criminal element in our society who doesn't pay taxes on They'd their ill-gotten gains, too. they would be paying taxes as exactly. well. That's the you argument. Know, so, yeah. you know, I, I look at this, I, I never see anything bad with that discussion. The unfortunate part is we'd start paying taxes like that, then pretty soon we'd have to start paying taxes on gas again, everything else, the tax would go up again. Many people don't realize it. Even if you pay no taxes right now because your income is so low, folks, you're still paying a huge amount of tax every time you buy gas or your 
you know, buying goods or services, or you're still paying taxes all over the place. You're just not paying it from an income tax standpoint, and that's the part that's missing. We're still paying it. So those of us that are paying taxes, um, uh, because our incomes are a little bit higher, if you add up all the amount of taxes that we pay, we're probably pretty close to a 50% tax. By the time you end up paying taxes on your income, you're now paying the taxes that you're going for real estate. You're paying the taxes that you have on sales tax, gas tax. You go through it, I bet we're at about a 50% tax. And I don't know that number. I'm guessing at this, and I don't think I'm far off. And I think the 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 fair tax, the consumption tax, they're talking about something in the, is it the 25 to 28%? Uh... One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. The opinions voiced on this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. Securities and Investment Advisory Services offered through HBEC Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC, HBEC Incorporated, Kelch & Associates are unaffiliated companies, and this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only. And we're back here in the studio, and uh, we were talking about taxes before the break, and as uh, Merle has told us many times on the show, part of what he does is setting up a portfolio to uh, for the tax ramifications uh, uh, so you're able to hold on to as much of your money as you legally can. Or I hold on to it for you. I mean, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so now is the time to start thinking about uh, the rest of this year setting up for the next tax season, right? Um, it is here. There's an article that popped out this past week, and I thought it was a pretty good article. It actually came out of Barron's um, by Daisy Maxey. There's a new name because it's not a part of our usual stable that we have. But an article that says, as tax season ends, take time to tidy your finances. Here are four considerations and i'm just going to jump ahead a little bit to to one of them some of them are obvious that uh, we'd have you know consolidate take a look at the year now and we take a look at our rates of returns and and uh how does that mean with the rest of our portfolio which uh leads me to actually a couple of other things but uh, nonetheless let's go through this one but this next year folks uh, the proposal that's happening out of the current administration from taxes is going to change one thing that could really create a mess of others and so we may want to look at a few things and here's that so in here, if we're taking a look at our 21 income tax this season, I'm reading verbatim in here, it could spur investment changes to help uh, minimize next year's tax bill. Uh, so this year is important to also begin considering because of President Biden's tax plans for inc tax increases. And one of those is the capital gains taxes. You know, for the longest time, Tom, if you had a capital gain that was it used to be more than five years and it went to more than a year, um, it's fluctuated between that over the course of the 30 years I've been in this business. Um, if you have more than a 12-month uh, 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 capital gain, it became uh, a capital gains tax, which has been down as, as low as 10%, 15%, 21%. So that number changed a little bit. Um, and then if it was before within 12 months, usually ordinary income, whatever your normal tax rate is. So a lot of people simply say, well, we're just going to let this go uh, a little bit longer. We'll hold it, then we'll sell it, and we get the reduced income tax rate. Well, who knows where the proposals end, but some people said that long-term capital gains rate they just want to get rid of. Um, and so, therefore, it's only going to be ordinary income. And if that becomes the case, um, it doesn't matter if we hold things for a long term or not. 
Um, for, for me, for example, I, I got married a little over a year ago. We have another, another house. We're going to sell it. So we get the two out of five year rule. Now uh, we sell it to bypass capital gains. We don't know if that's going to go away. So we don't know the answer to some of these things at this, at this point in time because the tax increases are all proposals. But uh, what seems to be the case is if you have some things that are capital gains, they've been looking to sell and have a big capital gain distribution on if you um, have it so it becomes near-term capital gain. It seems to be a pretty good idea to sell it this year, which I think is something that's helping to spark uh, the real estate marketplace and people selling things. So um, the real estate market is crazy it's right insane. now. Just insane. Just absolutely crazy. You know, um, I look at uh, um, a house that I have. Um, I could have sold it two times. I'm just not ready to go. And I said, well, it's worth this amount, and they've offered me more. Yeah. I'll probably take the more. Um, I'll probably get <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, um, I bought some uh, some land up north, uh, real close to where I have. As my wife says, you stop buying cars, now you're buying land. You think you're a land baron. I'm like, yeah, land's never bad. Um, and so I haven't even closed on the property. And the people who are selling it, of course, it's the paper mills that are selling huge tracts of land. Uh, they've already said we'll take all the prices up 15% because they're jumping up. Um, so I haven't even closed on it, and the price has already gone up 15%. It's just, it's just nuts. I'm not going to sell it because, again, I'm going to be a land baron. But uh, um, <laughs> every time somebody says huge tracts of land, I think of the Monty Python movie, Holy Grail. But yeah, <laughs> um, uh, mine's not a huge tract of land. It's just an <laughs> extension to the the Camp Muckmuck Palatial Estate. It's just more scrub brush, you know. Um, but we want to look at those capital gains because it's going to be a big thing uh, uh, depending upon how the final legislation comes out. But if we have the ability to take advantage of the current uh, um, capital gains, it certainly seems to, to make sense to do so. We're going to get some news next week on uh, retail sales, earnings reports coming out for places like Walmart, Home Depot, Kohl's, Target, Lowe's, a bunch of others. Um, And uh, Jim Cramer suggests that you should wait to see how these stocks uh, look coming out of their earnings report before you either jump on them or jump off them. Um, You know, the, the whole idea of, of, getting in early on something like this before the earnings report comes out, because once it, the earnings report comes out, it's almost too late, isn't it, at that point? No, because it tends to be a projection of what's going forward. You know, uh, we talked about this on air, folks. Uh, Walmart, for example, just said if you've been vaccinated, whether you're an employee or an individual, if you've been vaccinated, take your mask off, come in a store and shop. Yeah. Um, um, I think that type of mentality is going to push that retail sales, especially inside of the brick and mortars. Um, because I think we are uh, uh, pandemic fatigued, mask fatigued, however you want to say it. And I think that pushes the narrative forward for Walmart. Well, the whole idea, like that idea. back said was get vaccinated and then we can get back to some sort uh, semblance of normalcy. And we're seeing that. Walmart's not alone. Costco and other places are saying the same thing. There are places in Wausau now that, uh, that have either taken their mask signs down or have put up a sign that said, uh, masks optional, or if you're vaccinated, uh, you don't need to wear masks. The CDC sure. said it this week. For most places, there are still some places where masks can be required. And <coughs> as we heard, businesses can still require you to wear masks. And I want to urge people that if you go into a place, you're not wearing a mask, that's fine. If you see somebody wearing a mask, leave them alone. Don't harass them. Don't don't hassle them. They still have the fear. Or they, they're not getting a mask or a vaccine, and they're not, and and they have the right to do that if they want without being hassled. No, we had this in our office, and 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 and, and if you're listening, you'll know who we are, and and and, and I just think it's, I think it's cute because the whole conversation. Uh, so she came in. I said, how did you do a fact? You know, my question is, how did you do during uh, 
uh, COVID. I want to know if somebody got it or not, if they're sick, you know, just uh, personal and, and a little bit of inventory in my mind. Um, and uh, our client, a long-term client, great friend, says, well, I've been vaccinated. I had uh, my two shots and I'm uh, about a month ago. So, And she's wearing a mask at the time. I said, well, I've had COVID, so I'm not giving it to you. You can't get it. You're not giving it to me. Why are we wearing a mask? She said, well, nobody told me I can take it off yet. <laughs> I said, take off your mask. We're fine. One she guy, said, though. Okay, so she takes off her mask. And that's the, the, the cutest thing, Tom. So she takes off the mask. She goes, as we finish up, she goes, this was a nice meeting without a mask. I said, I agree. So she gets up out of my conference room. She puts her mask on and walks outside. <laughs> One guy online had an interesting take on this whole thing. He said that, take the COVID out of it. He said, since I've been wearing a mask, I haven't had the usual three head colds that I usually oh, yeah. get every year. There, there's truth to that. I mean, there's airborne. How many times cover your nose? If yeah. somebody's sick, you stay away from them. Yeah, it, you know, it happens. It, it, and, and there's there's some benefits to it. There's no doubt about it. There's a reason that our doctors wear masks when they do surgery. Going back to these earnings reports that come out next week, do you watch companies on earnings report day and buy or sell depending on what happens with those earnings reports? Is that a big thing for you? I'm not trading them based upon earnings reports. Um, I'm looking more at um, let's say we have a retail group and, and a retail group does not have online sales. How are they doing? Um, if we have a retail group and they do have online sales, how are they doing? I'm looking at what's happening with the trends, not individual uh, companies as much as buying and selling. Though we do individual buying and selling of stocks, we're not traders per se. We're not out there, you know, buy, 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 sell, sell, sell. That's not our, our uh, genre what we do. Um, uh, but um, um, I like to see what's happening inside of the trends of what's going on. So, for example, I will very much be looking at what's happening inside of Walmart because Walmart has such an online presence as well as a brick and mortar. And when I see the sales, see the sales, I want to take a look at what's happening, uh, the difference between online and the uh, brick and mortar and see how that's going to change. And as we just discussed, I want to see what's going to happen with the brick and mortars that say, let's take the mask off, come in and go shopping. I want to see if that differs um, from where it was in the quarter before. All right. Well, we're just about out of time for today. If folks want to get a hold of you on Monday, this how can they do that? This has not been a snuff time. <laughs> Well, it's I'm all the time the we have. We can't, can we, bleed, more? we can't bleed into the polka shows. The polka people uh, will march on us with pitchforks and torches. We so. haven't even had a chance to take any live calls because we've been having too much fun. Mm-hmm. All right, folks, you can get a hold of us. Third Avenue, Bridge Street, Wausau, Wisconsin. Stop on in, have a cup of coffee, kick the tires, say hello and hi. You can call us locally, 715-849-3600. Toll free outside of the Wausau area at 66-355-5100. Or find us online at kelchinassociates.com. All right. And we'll see you next week. Yeah, we'll talk to you again next week. That's Merle Kelch, Kelch and Associates here in Wausau. We're coming up on 9 o'clock. We've got the news on the way, then the polka shows. And the Brewers will try it again with the Atlanta Braves tonight. They take on Atlanta at American Family Field in Milwaukee. And uh, it's a Saturday. That means an earlier start to the game, pregame show at 535, right here on WSAU. At Social Security, we are always thinking of ways to save you time